My name is Humble Gray, and I am a Mississippi farmer. Now, some of you may recall my encounters with Naomi Sue, 18-year-old clerk in the post office back of Clemmer's Value Food. Seems every time I patronized that GPO, the gal's mane was a different color, and wild ones at that. Cotton candy colors instead of the rich auburn God gifted her with. Well, I perorated about it, albeit gently, expressing my displeasure that she had forsworn that which the Lord had bestowed, shade-wise. And she was contrite as can be, tearfully vowing to restore her locks to their natural hue. So it was that I experienced quite a jolt when I returned to the post office Thursday afternoon, hoping to purchase a sheet of new forever stamps with planetary images upon them. Because when I espied that young Naomi Sue, she now sported not brown hair, not luxurious auburn, not even dishwater, but bright purple locks. Dear child, says I, you are the progenitor of boundless disappointment, for you had agreed to forego such bold chromaticity in favor of that accorded by the Almighty. But you have reneged on your promise, and I stand aggrieved. Oh, Farmer Gray, said she, please forgive me, for I am a slave to youthful indulgence. I know not how to quit such vibrant soul antics, and I am enthralled to follicular fashion. Well, addicted she might be to coiffural colors, but recalcitrant she surely was, and that took precedence in my perceptions. Now, you may remember how I addressed such contumacy from the assistant clerk at the seed co-op when he failed to heed my admonitions regarding desktop go-gaws. I administered a much overdue spanking. That's what I did, and it benefited for certain. But in this instance, I deemed such recourse inappropriate. Why, you may ask? Well, for the simple reason that Naomi Sue was a civil servant in the employ of the U.S. government, and to paddle a federal worker might be misconceived as an act of terrorism. So I left the post office bum-fuzzled as to how I might steer the gal back to the light. I confided my dilemma to my old friend, Davis McClyde, and Davis, he was most sympathetic. You'd nothing but the mademoiselle's best interests in mind, said he, and yet she defied you. Precisely, said I, and now I am bootless to ameliorate her iniquitous descent. Not so fast, friend Gray, said Davis, for we might descry an alternate path to righteousness, hard case though she may be. Really, said I, and I was all ears now, because Davis, he's a right master of guile. I say we use psychology, said Davis, the science of the mind. Psychology, said I, but Davis, neither of us has so much as cracked a book on the sweet secrets of the noggin. Oh, don't worry about that, said Davis. 
what I'm cooking up won't be found in any text. And with that, my compatriot laid out a plan, a scheme to ape Freud, brain-wise, and win Naomi Sue clear of the devil. But complex machinations take time, so it was a full week later when I strode back into the post office, waving and calling out, Howdy, Miss Postal Clerk, the gal still sporting those purple tresses. Cheerful as a summer sparrow I was, as I requested five more forever stamps with the planets on them. But Naomi Sue, well, she seemed not to hear me. So busy was she staring wide-eyed and open-mouthed. Farmer Gray, says she, what happened to your hair? Oh, do you like it, says I, running a hand through my locks. But, stammers she, it's bright blue. And indeed, dear listeners, it was. Well, says I, I'm going to a hootenanny over at the VFWC. And I want all the young gals to admire my handsome new look, that we might dance the night away. Oh, says she, sounding more than a little skeptical. Well, have fun. And with that, I hand over the money, and she hands over the stamps. And I'm out the door. But not five minutes later, dear listeners, not five minutes after I walked out, I'm back again. And I'm asking Naomi Sue for five forever stamps, the ones with the planets on them. Farmer Gray, says she, your hair, what happened to your hair? Oh, you like it, says I. It's bright green, cries she. And indeed it was. I'm going to the moving picture show in Tunica County, and I want it to look like a glamorous film star for the occasion, says I. But just a few minutes ago, it was blue, says the double-stunned gal. And you said you were going to a hootenanny at the VFW to dance with all the young gals. Blue, says I, seemingly incredulous. What should I be doing with blue hair? Green's the way to go. And a hootenanny? Why, Naomi Sue, I'm a married man. Why would I be at a hootenanny dancing with tawdry vixens instead of my beloved wife, Elspeth? I, uh, guess that makes sense, says the young'un. Yes, yes, that makes sense. You're going to the pictures, not to the hootenanny. You were never going to the hootenanny, and, and, and you never had blue hair. All right. And with that, I purchased the five stamps, and out the door I went, only to return a few minutes later. And this time, Naomi Sue jumped a foot. Farmer Gray, hollers she, what happened to your hair? Again. You like it, says I, once more running a hand across my head. It's bright orange, cried the gal. And indeed it was. Well, says I, I'm heading off to the county fair, see? to the livestock tent, where yours truly will be judging the blue ribbon hog. I think this orange color, it's right judicial, don't you think? But what was blue and then green has changed anew, says the girl, in quite a state, and not ten minutes altogether have passed. Blue and green, says I. Why, darling, I'd never be blue and green, for those are peacock colors, fit only for braggarts and narcissists. 
but orange. That's downright dignified. It suits a man elected to choose the best hog in Mississippi. No blue, no green, says Naomi Sue, a desperate aspect to her voice. No nanny, no film show, only the hogs, right, only the hogs. And with that, she hands over five forever stamps, the ones with the planets on them, without my even asking. Why, how did you know, Naomi Sue, says I. I, I just figured, said she, and with a wave of my hand, I walked out the door, returning, of course, just a few minutes later, occasioning a scream of horror from Naomi Sue. "'Your hair, Farmer Gray!' she bellowed. "'Your hair!' "'Well, of course it's my hair,' says I, assuming an air of bewilderment. "'No rugs for me.' "'And I ran a hand through my tresses yet again. "'But it's your natural white,' says the panicked postal clerk, "'as befits your age and community stature. "'What are you on about, dear?' says I. "'What was blue was green, then orange,' cries she, "'for a hootenanny, the flickers, the livestock. "'And now, where are you going now, Farmer Gray?' "'Why, home, of course, darling,' says I, "'calm as a Baptist on Judgment Day. "'I've no time for hootenannies or flickers or the rest. "'I've got a farm to run and a field to plow, "'for such is my solemn duty.' "'Now, if you could just sell me five forever stamps,' hollers she, "'the kinds with the planets on them. "'Yes,' says I, "'that's very intuitive of you.' "'Then Naomi Sue's shoulders heaved as she began to sob. "'Oh, Farmer Gray,' she wailed, "'I fear I am losing my mind. "'Now, dear,' says I, "'don't you see what's happening?' That toxic dye in your hair, it's seeping into your brain and causing you to hallucinate about other people's locks. It's simple biology, as any trained neurosurgeon would tell you. Then I've no choice, she wept. No choice at all. The dye must go. Never to return, Farmer Gray. Never to return. Oh, Naomi Sue, says I, all gentle approbation. What a lovely and unexpected affiance. And spoken like that which you are, the finest postal clerk in all of Mississippi. Then, purchasing my 16th through 20th stamps of the day, I left and walked straight into a hearty backslap from both Davis McClyde and Ethan Clemmer Jr., proprietor of Clemmer's Value Food. Mission accomplished, says I. It worked like a charm. And here, ladies and gentlemen, is how we accomplished our trickery, my two buddies and I. Seems Davis knew of this dye in a spray can, what young folk use at parties. Spray your tresses, then party's over. Wash it out in seconds, folks. In mere seconds. Don't understand Davis's familiarity with such truck, but he ordered up some cans. So comes the day we turned intention into practice. Davis and Ethan were poised just outside the door of the post office, spray cans, water bucket, and towels at the ready. So it was Davis would color my hair, and I'd enter said post office, then retreat so Ethan could dunk my head in the bucket and dry it with a towel before Davis administered a new color. And like I said, it worked like a charm. Or so it seemed. 
I returned to the food store next day, package in tow, which I intended to mail via the newly reformed clerk in the back GPO. How's that head of hers? I asked Ethan merrily as I passed the front cash register. How is it? says he. Brace yourself. That's all I can say. And his tongue sent a frisson of trepidation up my spine. Did she prevaricate? asked I. Did she backslide? No, says Ethan. She neither prevaricated nor backslid. Then all is well, says I, relieved, and carried my parcel through the post office door, followed a second later by my exclamation, Naomi, Sue, your hair! What happened to your hair? Do you like it? says she in a strangely flat, robotic voice. I'm going to a hootenanny at the VFW, and I wanted all the young boys to notice me, and then to a picture show, and then to the county fair. I wanted everyone to notice me, to notice me, to notice me. And she ran her hand over her now completely bald scalp. But, but, I stammered, why? So I could be a healthy gal, says she, in the same emotionless affect. No more dies for me. I'm a healthy gal, a gal of health. Do you like it? I'm going to the Hootenanny and the picture show. I'm going to judge the prize hog. No more dies, healthy gal. And with that, she ripped five forever stamps, the ones with the planets of them, off a sheet and shoved them in my hand. On the house, says she. Well, thinks I, it's progress. After a fashion. <sighs> My friend Connor Reese's pickup was ailing, so I agreed to drive him to Clemmer's Value Food for his weekly supplies. As we pulled out in front, we were greeted by a rare sight a vehicle with out of state plates, Florida specifically. "'What do you think, Connor?' says I. "'Think our fair state is due for an influx of Floridians? "'Those who retired to the Sunshine State "'are now double-retiring to Truvo?' "'No,' said Connor. "'He's no doubt just passing through "'on his way to more worldly environs. "'We're merely a pit stop for cold cuts "'or soft drinks or the like. "'And hey, look at that bumper sticker.' A rainbow, I observed. Why, this fellow must love nature after a rain. Farmer Gray, says Connor, that sticker conveys no such thing. Don't you know that rainbows are the international symbol for, well, for homosexuality? Really now, says I, you mean to say there's an international sign for sodomy? I do indeed, says Connor. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you'll have to excuse my ignorance on this matter, for I've made no study of the subject of fellas who set their cap for other fellas. But now that I've been apprised of the datum, I'll admit to being flummoxed. I have always associated rainbows with sweet petrichor and the Lord's covenant with Noah. 
that the Almighty's compact has been co-opted by those who practice male cohabitation seemed antithetical to this sacred manifestation. What's more, and this is no small point, that multicolored greeting in the sky was immortalized by one Miss Judy Garland who sang of the wondrous bounty awaiting us somewhere over the rainbow, impeccably performed, of course, in the classic motion picture The Wizard of Oz. Proof positive, thank you, that rainbows are a heterosexual phenomenon. For never, ladies and gentlemen, would anybody associate the Wizard of Oz or over the rainbow with anything other than the love between a man and a woman. I am myself so much an Adam to my Eve, you could refer to me as a friend of Dorothy, to coin a phrase. Play me out, Zeke. (laughs) 